podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Towards Gabbiadini! Oh, and he's hit the post and he's gone in! And one chop cheek in Manchester United's defence with absolute content. Here's Bayano, give and go with Sturridge, that's lovely! Tommy Smith, how for Russia! That's got to be that! It's Charles Bart, it's Pearson, it is 1-0 to Derby County! Chris Collins, Bolsa! What a goal! Martin, another chance for Russell. This time he makes it. The Rams rampage. Hello there, this is Steve Bloomers Washing, the Derby County podcast for episode 9, with me, Chris Parsons, in the company of fellow Rams, Richard Kutcher. Hello! And Tom Martin. Hello there. What a month it's been for Derby County. Four wins, seven unbeaten, 12 places climbed, and the Rams are now fifth in the championship. We'll pick over all the talking points from Leeds and Norwich. We've got a new feature involving you, the listener. Yes, you. And news of our second interview with an ex-Rams player, but there's only one place to start. Matthias Svensson, <laughs> Candido Costa, Spencer Pryor, Kevin Harper, all names in Who Ram I? But can you identify this one, Tom and Richard? I'm Once... looking forward to having a first 11 of Who Ram I? <laughs> <laughs> one day, after at least 11 episodes, I played 55 times for Derby County between 2000 and 2004. 55 games, oh. 2000, 2004. So end of Premier League era, start of disastrous Championship era. Yeah, there's a, there's some players in there that could be could be good choices. I think we could. I think we can get this one cut. I think there's a few there's a few options we can guess if we're struggling. So hopefully, no awkward pauses this time. I'm just keen to limit my editing process from last week, which <laughs> took a very long time. But hey, Derby are in the top six. Yes, top four, well, fifth, yeah. Unbelievable. Well, top yeah. five, we're in the top five, Chris. <laughs> game in hand. <laughs> top six with a game in hand. So different to a couple of weeks ago. Before our previous podcast, uh, before the Forest game, we were 17th. Yeah. Now we're fifth, uh, culminating in that magnificent win at Ellen Road on Tuesday night. Uh, Leeds United won, Derby County two. Kutch, was that... Derby's best result of the season for you? I think best result, yeah. And possibly best performance as well, considering where we were playing and coming back from a goal behind. But definitely, I think the most surprising result, I had a feeling, I even kind of predicted it in our last podcast, that I had a feeling we could go to Norwich and get something. I didn't really think we'd get anything at Leeds, particularly when we went 1-0 down in quite a sloppy manner. Uh, But yeah, brilliant result, particularly backing up the other three wins we had just before that. Really, it really has got me excited. I said in the last podcast that I felt there's a lot more to come from this team. I still think there is a lot more to come from this team, but we're finding ways to win without playing brilliantly. We're playing well, but there's definitely more improvement to come. It's resilience, isn't it, Tom, that, that we're starting to see now, and that's always a good attribute to have. Definitely. We, we defend solidly uh, for the most part, and we, we have a lot of character, which is what Barrett said in the interview um, after the game. The, the team is, is not playing brilliantly, as you said. Imagine if Tom Lawrence started creating and scoring chances, scoring goals regularly. I mean, imagine if Chris Martin started scoring goals. Like, Where would this team be? It's, it's been a really, really positive uh, two or three weeks. Let's look at the actual game. <clears throat> Leeds United went ahead in the first few minutes. Yeah. Uh, then Derby equalised through a uh, for a Sam Winnell goal, a tap-in from a Forsyth cross. And then a few minutes later, went 2-1 ahead through a Sam Winnell penalty. The goal we conceded first, it was a 
bit of a calamity of errors, really, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was. And, I mean, I would say that there probably was a foul in there on, on Huddleston, actually, not Ledley. But Ledley dilly-dallied when he didn't need to. Huddleston was given a bit of a hospital pass, but he also could have played an easy ball before he lost it. And then, um, I know that Tom spotted some problems in the defence, but... but um, yeah, the keeper Car- also Carson, Carson yeah. completely almost did like a Joe Hart impression in goal. He obviously couldn't get down to his left quick enough. Uh, so it was a it was a real calamity of errors. And I thought he started the the game quite well actually. I mean, he looked a bit shaky at the back, passing it around, but we were getting the ball forward. Leeds were making errors, and yeah, I thought the goal was a real sucker punch. I really felt I actually felt for us a bit when we could see that goal because I thought we could get lost a bit in that in that atmosphere. Do you know what I said? Uh, I was watching it with my brother, with my brother down here. Sorry, and after seventy minutes, when we were still one 0 down and things weren't going for us, uh, you know, passes weren't coming off and that sort of thing, I said to him, "It's going to be one of those days." And minutes, you know, ten minutes later, we're we're two one up. It was um, it was an odd game in some ways. What I wanted to ask you both was, did you think that Gary Rowett's inspired substitution, Vyman coming on for Ledley? With about 20 minutes, 25 minutes to go, did that change the game? Creatively, we started to, to do more going forward, and we we started. It's a game of few chances, but we started to definitely create more. And there was a bit more sort of uh, turn the defence around and get someone in behind because Fyman's got a lot of pace. Um, Ledley, I think he's done really well since come in. He doesn't doesn't have that same attribute. Obviously, plays in a different position. So I think it was an excellent substitution, uh, and it def- totally changed the game. If you contrast to what we talked about at the beginning of this run when we drew with Birmingham and we drew with Brentford and just look at the the difference of performances just the statistics the possession stats the the creating the chances the it's just it's just very different i think we're we're starting to come together now what's what's interesting about that change is the change has got nothing to do with Vyman. the change is, the change is a system change yeah. and it's got everything to do with putting tom lawrence on the left hand side rather than on the right hand side and I was surprised that it was Ledley that came off. I mean, I was. I mean, Tom, Chris, and I were texting each other during the game, and we were saying that Huddleston needs to come off because Huddleston was having a bit of a nightmare. But you know, all credit to Tom. He puts he plays the wonder wonder ball down the left wing to release Forsyth after playing a really neat one two with Tom Lawrence on the left hand side. It was a really well orchestrated goal, which came from Tom Lawrence go, Tom Lawrence going to the left, drawing people in, Huddleston releasing Craig Forsyth and Fozzie, as we know. It's really good when he gets into those positions towards the byline or towards towards the byline to put a ball across the face. The thing, the thing I did notice is that uh, the thing, well, the thing I love about Forsyth is that he always he always crosses it low, doesn't he? Like he yeah. he, lo- he loves yeah. a low fizzing cross across the box. He, he crosses like how I play FIFA basically. Like, <laughs> it demands hammers, to be hammers, hit. The, hammers the circle button three times, crosses <laughs> it low, and just tries to cause chaos. It, it, it demands to be hit. I I'll, I think I'll never forget the Jamie Ward goal at Bournemouth for about sort of three four years ago where. Uh, Ward scored the winner from a low cross like that and it, you just saw it and it bounced up and you're like someone just smash it and it's so satisfying seeing that ball come across and then um, win or finishing it just similar to Ward like smashing it home Go, going back to that change as well um, what I was impressed by was it was a real it was a real manager's tactical decision it wasn't just oh uh, let's bring some fresh legs on yeah it wasn't yeah. just oh Vidra is quite creative and he might be able to do something which Martin can't do it was actually what's the problem here you know how can we get Tom Lawrence more involved, um, and how can we open them up? And it wasn't about the personnel; it was about the system. And Rowett, from I've always liked Rowett, and I've always thought he's the right man to make us solid and the right man to um, get us playing as a team together. But in the last few games, including Norwich as well, he's really started to show a real tactical acumen, which I think I didn't really appreciate that you had, and that really does bode well if you can meld, if you can combine that with the teamwork. 
That's a very good point worth making because what I noticed during that Leeds game is that in in the first half at least, Bradley Johnson was on the left, wasn't he, of a four, it seemed to be, with Winnell Martin playing as a two. Uh, a lot of sort of there a lot of diagonal big big diagonals being fizzed towards him, um, but Bradley Johnson isn't he's never going to be a player who's going to beat a man, beat a fullback with a bit of trickery or you know like rinse him down the line for pace. He's not going to have the touch line, is he? No, and he's not going to do that either. He was sort of drifting in, and it I, th- I think it, it turned out it was what old Steve McLaren used to call a, a fullback game. I yeah. thought because the fullbacks getting involved was, was going to be key to us being successful. That's why how I saw it anyway, and I think yeah. Rowett saw that as well. Saw that. We needed more more width, perhaps. Um, you know, there were chances to be to be had down the left hand side, and that's when he bought that. Uh, he bought Vyman on for Ledley. Yeah. Then Johnson shifted inside. He he tucked in. Lawrence went left wing. Vyman went right wing. Correct. Mm. Yeah, and that's what led to the goals. <laughs> and also, like even from the beginning of the game, I don't I don't think Rowett got his tactics particularly wrong <clears throat> in, in the first half because. As we started to realise, and I hadn't noticed this, this was the first time I'd watched Winnell for a whole game. And you know what? He wins a lot in the air. Winnell wins a lot of those long balls. And obviously Martin does as well. And those two as a partnership were really winning things. And as the game wore on, it seemed like the team realised how much they could benefit from going direct quicker. And we were getting the, and we weren't, it wasn't boring football, but we were getting the ball up to those front two. We actually had two strikers up front, which is so rare nowadays in any, in any league. Uh, and Winnell and Martin are both winning things, and we just uh, we we just play to our strengths. And I think what that tells you is that this is actually a very experienced team. Um, and when we went two one up, we also closed the game out without too many problems, to be honest. Tom, it was a game of two penalties, wasn't it? The penalty that was given to Derby and the penalty that wasn't given to Leeds. Uh, Thomas Christensen, the Leeds manager, said afterwards, "If you play against twelve, it's very difficult." Sour grapes from him, claiming that the ref was on our side. Uh, Gary Rowett when asked about the penalties, said, um, I've watched it five times and I still cannot work it out. It's not obviously inside the area and it's not obviously outside. I can understand why Leeds feel a bit disappointed by it. He seems to be acknowledging that maybe the penalty that we got was outside. How, how, have you, how did you read them? I'll start with the, the Leeds penalty first, Chris. I actually think I love it when a Leeds manager is a bit bitter. Um, <laughs> that's great. Um, I don't think that was a penalty. I think wisdom was stronger. Um I also don't think ours was a penalty. Having also watched it five times, I think that the initial contact is outside. But you've got to think, what stupid tackle to make. He's got no reason to put that tackle in. He's clearly uh, behind the player and he just sort of runs through and tries to barge over Lawrence. And I I don't understand what he's doing. And he gives the referee a decision to make. Lawrence is going at such pace, he falls. And the first time I saw it, I thought that's a clear penalty. Um, And actually, it's only on the replays in slow motion that I think it's not a penalty. So if I was the referee, even... Obviously, as a Derby fan, I think I'd have given the penalty, and you can see why the rest given it. It's it's stupid defending, um, but I think Rowett's probably right. It's it's not totally clear, but I do think I wouldn't. I don't think it was. You're right about the uh, wisdom one. He was just stronger, wasn't he, Coach? Yeah, it was that wasn't a penalty. I remember watching it at the time and thinking, oh, uh oh, I could easily see him pointing to the spot, but um, having watched it back a few more times, the, the wisdom one, he doesn't actually touch him. The player takes a takes a tumble. Mm. What immediately came to mind was which game was it? Was it uh, the Wednesday game where Fozzy uh, made a bad challenge in the in in our penalty area and Rowett conceded it probably should have been a penalty. Well, I thought that was, yeah. and that's and that's what sprang to my mind when I saw the wisdom one uh, at the at the back stick uh, last night because you look at it and you think, why the hell has he gone down? Why the, why is the player taking a tumble? Yeah. Because he's in position to nod it in. 
Yeah. Uh, but he has taken, honestly, I do think he has taken a tumble. Uh, and I don't think Wisdom was guilty. But I agree with Tom that I think I think we probably got a little bit lucky with our penalty. But you know what? Fair play to Rowett. Tom Lawrence coming in from the left wing rather than the right wing wins a penalty. Over the last seven games, there's been a, a few times where we've been perhaps slightly fortunate. Um, but then again, teams make their luck, don't they? You you work hard and you make your luck. And you can clearly see the Derby teams working hard. Even the Brentford game, which we were quite disparaging about uh, a few weeks ago when we had very little possession, we barely conceded a shot on target to them. And it was a just a defensive lapse, which meant they equalised. Um, we worked hard, so we deserved to to get that point because we worked so hard and were so solid. So I think the luck we're having at the moment, we've got to keep building on it, we've got to keep working hard, the performances will come and hopefully this this continues over the rest of the season. We have, there's been a few instances, it's fair to say, where Derby have got away with one a bit. The penalty against Leeds, um, Norwich, uh, Norwich also had a decent penalty shout, didn't they? When yeah. Carson sort of got yeah, in a bit of a I mean, got that, in a bit of a muddle. That yeah. was a penalty, in my opinion. That was that was the that was the one we really got away with because he Carson does What's get the doing? ball eventually, <laughs> but he does it after taking a player from behind. Anywhere else on the pitch, that is a penalty, um, and he he takes the player out, and the ball doesn't actually even go out of play. He kicks it forward pretty yeah. much after taking the player out. So yeah, we have Royal Luck a little bit. I think you do earn your own luck and sometimes you have those seasons I mean Billy Davis season promotion We how many games did we win 1-0 that Southampton game away when they should have been falling up after 10 minutes and then yeah. we won 1-0 so I don't want to get too carried away but I think I think these haven't been terrible decisions they've been 50-50s that have probably gone in our way yeah I think also you look back on it and the Forest game I think we were better than Forest and we deserved to win but Forest had some chances so we've got to make sure that we keep our feet firmly planted on the and ground. Leeds at 1-0 up had an incredible who was the striker that missed that chance right in front of goals like yeah. 8 yards out on the half volley and he puts it over the bar. Yeah, that was a, that was a big let-off. That off. was yeah. a real let-off. Was it offside, perhaps? Like, oh, yeah, flag... you said your brother said it was offside. I think, yeah, that's yeah. what he told me, that the flag went up. But oh, well, it wasn't anyway. Well, he didn't score, so <laughs> it didn't matter. But... Yeah. So, yeah, seven, seven games unbeaten now. Tom, who's, which of the players has impressed you most over this run? Three or four months ago, you'd be surprised with this answer, but I don't think you would be now. He's going to say uh, Richard Keogh. I'm going to say Richard Keogh. <laughs> I bloody, I am loving Richard Keogh. So but not because I can kind of look like him if I look scary enough, like... Wide you, do, eyes. you do look like, you do look like him. Like um, a fish. I think he's uh, yeah, thanks. I think he's been fantastic. He um he's defending really well. Um him and Curtis Davis are clearly uh, putting a, a solid partnership in at the back. Um I like wisdom at right back, I like uh Foz at left back and the pass that he laid on for Nugent's goal, brilliant. So when, he's uh, creating stuff as well. When Keo gets his head down and starts marauding forward and then fizzes one of those balls forward it, 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 it excites me yeah <laughs> excites me too Chris and um, I think you as well but I do I do think it might just be because I've seen more of Derby's action recently it seems like a genuine tactic and Rauer has said to Richard Keogh do take it out you know there's been a few times where he's taken it out he's made a pass and he's kept running like there's a, there's a chance against he Leeds in the first chance, didn't he? Yeah. in the first well, was just chance against Leeds as well in the first half yesterday when he played like a one two and he went he got him he was the first man forward and got him behind and obviously he's been given that permission to do that and he is good at going forward and some opposing defenders often don't know how to deal with it, that extra yeah. man coming forward but and he's been solid at the back and when when he, I know you're going to ask me the same question about who has been the most no, the most impressive person. I would say the whole back four. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm, not gonna was, answer, yeah. I'm not going to answer that question. I was going to. I'm going to say it was the whole back four. Uh, I mean, 
Richard Keogh definitely has been the kind of the standout one because he has been getting forward. He's a bit more eye-catching. But Curtis Davis, I think Curtis Davis gives Keogh permission to be like that. Just reads and, the game very well, doesn't he? Yeah, and Wisdom and Fozzie defensively have been really good. Um, I think you thought Wisdom yeah. was maybe at fault, actually, for the Leeds goal yeah. um, positionally. But... Um, yeah, I just think the whole Forsyth, not wisdom. Sorry, right, Forsyth. Yeah. I think I just think the whole back four has, has been brilliant, and that's given us the foundation. Yeah, Vidra and Winnell are going to get the headlines, but um, yeah, I just think it's been a real team effort, and, and that back four has given the platforms to, yeah. to produce. I mean, um, just going back to Keo and the chances, he had a great chance at Norwich, which brought a good save from the goalkeeper, and he, he clearly is getting forward. Um, Keo is obviously the standout, I think, for me, but um, you've also got to credit Winnell because the goals have come and they've won points. I think he's scored four goals. Uh, and they've won seven points for Derby. So that's been an excellent effort. He's scoring a goal every sort of 70 minutes or 80 minutes or so, which is a fantastic effort. It's nice to have good competition for places mm-hmm. as opposed to last season, isn't it? Like now, we'll get onto this later, you know, is it Winnala Martin or Nugent and Vidra? Uh, but they've all got a claim, haven't they? They've all won matches or made yeah. big contributions literally in the past three or four games. Uh, so Rowett does have a bit of a selection headache, whereas last season... And before that, there were times when uh, the manager had a selection headache because nobody was taking a claim. Yeah, I mean, Do you know no, what I mean. And it's nice to have that, you know, to to have that headache for the right reasons for a change. And he's got that. He hasn't just got that. I mean, he has most obviously got that in the front two positions. But even if you look at midfield, he's going to have that. If if Johnson isn't going to play left wing, then Johnson comes into that midfield two reckoning, and you've got. You know, Johnson's not a bad player, and you've got Ledley and Huddleston doing their thing and, and, and working well. Jamie Hansen in the reserves. Ja- Jamie Hansen <laughs> in the reserves, and, uh, and George Fawn slowly, slowly coming back from injury. So in the midfield, he's got some real, real great options, plus a couple of players out on loan. Um, it's, it's the wing areas which maybe we haven't got the great options we've hoped for. I mean, Tom Lawrence obviously is probably going to start every game, and hopefully he'll he'll start producing some, some more end product. But, you know, I'm not inspired by Russell and, and Wyman. I mean, uh, when Russell's been good this season, he's been great, hasn't what, he? Three games, two games. Maybe? But he's also had a couple of stinkers, yeah. and he can't quite turn it on every game at the moment, can he? Yeah, he seems to be a bit injury prone this season, or, or yeah, plus Rowett, he's injured at the moment, or Rowett drop prone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna move on to a new feature now. A new feature. I can't believe it. Yeah. Who ran me? No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not you. <laughs> it's not involving you two. Oh. <laughs> um, I ran Kutch. So what we want to do? <laughs> what we want to do is. Get you lot out there in podcast listener world to uh, join in the uh, Derby County-based trivia fun in a feature we were going to call Golden Grahams or Golden <laughs> Graham, Graham something or other, in honour of the legendary Radio Derby commentator Graham Richards. Graham Richards and Graham Richards II. <laughs> yeah. Graham Graham. The gist of it is that we're going to play you a goal and you have to tell us the game and the season and the opponents. Sounds pretty straightforward, doesn't it? Yeah, a lot of information. Just you know, three 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 key things. <laughs> no pressure. Kutch, you've you've heard the goal in question from this I've week. I've seen you? it. I've watched it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is I, it? I couldn't remember it. <laughs> is it a hard one? Do you think? I think it was hard for me, but then Tom remembers all of it. I remember exactly. And I, 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 I remember other parts of the game which weren't the goal, which <laughs> might be a little clue. So anyway, uh, guess the goal. We're going to play you a commentary clip. Kutch, tell those good old listeners out, out there how they can get in touch with this very podcast uh, you can we can find us on Twitter or it's at Steve Bloomer's washing that's not right SBW we're at SBW underscore DCFC underscore DCFC and you can find us <laughs> on Instagram on the same on the same uh, handle handle I knew I shouldn't have asked you this <laughs> 
Well done, Catch. We're on Twitter, <laughs> we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. You can email us, stevebloomerswashing at gmail.com. Steve Bloomerswashing at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, when you think you've you got can a guess. write to us at PO Box 263. <laughs> <laughs> PO Box SBW. <laughs> Send us a guess, and I guess we'll just give a shout out to the, uh, you know, to the correct guest next week. You won't win an actual prize. Uh, you'll win our eternal respects, yeah. which in many ways is a, 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 a prize price. that money can't buy. Mm. It, it, can't. Is, it is worthless. No one's ever paid me for my respects. No. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> so here is the clip. Rajak and Pesky Solido, but here's Morton Biscord with a chance to put Derby ahead. He's taken it. A telling goal in Derby's season, and it's they who lead in this vital playoff showdown. Now again, there's Villains, Asanovic, Daly! Derby have equalised. Welcome back to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County podcast. We're going to rewind the clock a little bit because since our previous episode, the Rams also went to Carrow Road and came back with a fantastic 2-1 victory. Tom, we just wanted to talk a bit about David Nugent's goal, really, didn't we? Absolute perler of a strike. I'm just wondering if I can do a Gary Neville impression. But, uh, <laughs> I don't think please, I can quite do it. Please don't. <laughs> um, I, I loved everything about it. The, the ball from Keogh, whether it's actually meant for Nugent, I, I don't know, but uh, it's a, a fizzed into... The, to his feet, the touch of the left foot and the, the finish of the right foot, quality. Yeah, because Tom Lawrence steps over it, doesn't he? I think Tom yeah. Lawrence steps over the ball and lets it run straight through for Nugent. He got a little bit forgotten about Nugent, didn't he? Yeah. For all this, you know, the Sam Winnell hype yeah. after Leeds. But what I love about that goal is that, um, you know, fair play, Lawrence may have left it. I don't just remember that bit of the goal, but Keogh sort of hits it low across the ground and Nugent, you know, he, he, he could have gone to the ball try to like turn the defender but he just waits for the ball to come yeah. to him waits for the defend- Norwich defender to dive in one touch out of his feet and then old R1 shoot top corner I'm interested to know though like is that how deliberate is that was that was that a really good silky I think that's, it was yeah. silky just, first instant. touch or was it just a heavy touch which played to his no that was liquid benefit. nuge yeah. I, I, think, I think that was an excellent, excellent <laughs> liquid <touch>. nougat <laughs> It was classic news. It was a great goal. No other player in the squad could have scored a goal like that. Like, that is a, uh, that's a true finisher's goal. Sure. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> you, agree. You wanted to disagree with that, didn't you? Go yeah. On, say Chris something Ryan. else. <laughs> I think Vidra could have scored. I think they're all professional footballers, right? They could have scored that goal. And it, it was a very good goal. So, um, well well played, David. Um, <laughs> and let's see if you get in the team on Saturday. Now, I asked you a question earlier, Kutch. Uh, when was the last time you saw a goal which could imagine such uh, excitement in the away end? Or the home end, obviously. Um, I think it was Simon Dawkins' hat trick against Fulham. Ah, yeah, that was probably the last time I was that excited about. Oh yeah, that, that sort yeah. of uh, flying <laughs> like Cruyff finish. Yeah, that he yeah. it was like Zola esque near post finish. Um, yeah, that was a really good performance as well. I mean, to go again a bit different from Leeds. You know, we were we were pegged back. Uh, you'd think that you know, after being pegged back, we we go into our shell. Uh, and maybe just try and play out for the draw. But fair play to Rowett. He's shown in the last couple of games that he's not content just to go to places and pick up one point. He wants to go for the win. Like when we went, when we got the goal back against Leeds, uh, we went for it. You know, he didn't take he didn't take a striker off and, and put a midfielder on. He went. He wanted to continue having two people up front. He went. If anything, he went more attacking. 
think um, one of the Norwich quotes that came out afterwards is like basically Derby did a very professional job like we got done over by Derby because they, they were so professional and they, they worked hard for it and I think that's uh, endemic of the the uh, Rowett Derby team at the moment which is which is great yeah no definitely it, it, I don't, it's almost sacrilege just comparing to Billy Davis because we all know how that ended up but um, this team is starting to have those elements this is the first time we've had a team having those elements of it Nigel Clough tried to have at times that kind of hard to beat um, resolute mm. image yeah. and it didn't really ever quite work um, and obviously McLaren was more kind of gung-ho and Pearson and Clement weren't given the time to, to, to put it in place but Rowett definitely is getting that together and then as I keep saying there's, there's more to come from us going forward I agree that Pearson and sorry yeah Pearson and Clement didn't get the time but Rowett hasn't had that much time but we can see mm. a Rowett stamp on this yeah good point yeah. and I didn't really see a Clement stamp on it and I was liking we were obviously in a good position with Clement and I didn't really see a, a Pearson stamp on it didn't really know what was happening with that team. The amount of tweets I saw when Norwich equalised, um, Norwich did equalise, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they, they did. did yeah. yeah. The amount of tweets I saw when Norwich equalised, saying from you know fans saying lump on Norwich, we're going to lose two one. Here we go again. Um, so it seems like the fans aren't quite starting to believe in that resilience yet. But then that sort of turned after yeah. the Leeds game, yeah. when there's a bit of a shift. But anyway. Yeah, Speaking the of Tuatua Army, are miserable, aren't they? So. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of strikers and the competition for places, I guess against Reading on Saturday, it's going to be either Nugent and Vidra, if they're both fit, or Winola and Martin. It doesn't seem like Rowett's that prepared to play a, any different combination from that. Um, I'd have thought that Martin and Vidra, for example, are, uh, are a great little combination in, in the mould of Vidra and Troidini, but he doesn't seem up for that. No. So anyway, I want to put your both your persuasive skills to the test here. Um, I can't remember who I, gave, who I gave to who now. I gave you... Martin and Winnell. Yeah, so Kutch, I'm going to give you both 20 seconds each to explain to me why you think each respective strike force should start at home to Reading on Saturday. I'm just firing up the stopwatch app on my smartphone. <laughs> good, good stuff. Um, so... Richard Kutcher, tell me why Sam Winnell and Chris Martin should start... That was it, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tell me why Sam Winnell and Chris Martin should start against Reading. You've got 20 seconds. Go. So Winnell is obviously flavour of the month right now, OK? And if you look at the stats, Winnell has scored every single one of his goals for Derby, all four, when Chris Martin has also been on the pitch. So you've got to play Winnell, you've got to play Chris Martin. If you want a one chance, one goal man, then Winnell wins every time. Uh, he seems to have the confidence to deal with Martin's moaning. I don't think Vidra could put up with Martin. One. So it's got you Winnell Stop. and Martin every day of the week. Very nice, nice Richard. <laughs> That was clearly, tight. You're clearly prepared for that. I'm going to wing it like I do most of my uh, teaching profession. Wing it like Andre Verman. <laughs> Tom. Or Wyman. Yeah. Similar question to you. Let me just reset my stopwatch app. Um, Tom, David Nugent and Matej Vidra should start against Reading on Saturday. Go. Nugent is a natural-born finisher. Uh, he scores goals. He has the quality to put something away when you don't expect it. Uh, Vidra is explosive. He can run in behind um, and also is a fantastic finisher. The two of them, when they've been up front, have scored a significant amount of goals this year, but also create goals for each other. Um, so I just think those two are going to be the, the top two. Less than 20 seconds, Chris. Concise to the point. Did not use your time effectively. Yeah. I made my point. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Vidra's really good, so you should play Vidra. Pathetic. 
<laughs> two very uh, two very persuasive arguments there. I'm not Gary Rowett, as you may have noticed, so I don't know who he's going to pick. But I think Kutch has slightly edged it, I reckon. I think I edged it on, on persuasiveness. But if I was going to take off my buyer's hat... Uh, I mean, it's hard to disagree with Nugent and Vidra at home, I think. Um, and we're going to get on to Reading in a minute in terms of what they might offer us and what might work best against them. But I'd, I, you know what? I'd be disappointed if I was any of it. Apart from Chris Martin, maybe. I don't think he played badly last night. Um, but apart from Chris Martin, I don't think any... I think all of them would have the right to feel <coughs> disappointed if they didn't play uh, on Saturday. So that's a great position to be in. I mean, we should, we should be celebrating that. And if, if we keep winning, then you can keep them all happy. I think we might have done this the wrong way around because I, I quite like Martin and Will. <laughs> <laughs> um I know Martin hasn't scored yet this season, but I think it's only a matter of time. I've, I've actually been quite impressed with his attitude when he's come off the bench um, over the last few weeks. And obviously, Winnell has scored a fantastic amount of goals in a very short space of time. He's not had much game time um, and he's scored important goals. So for me, I think I'd stick with Martin and Winnell in the next game. Let's talk in more general terms about the Championship this season. It's a crazy old season this year, isn't it? Because it seems to me it's incredibly open. If you look at the teams that traditionally challenge for promotion in the championships, usually one or two of the relegated teams in Premier League. And more often than not, one or two of the teams who finished in the playoffs the previous season. But this year, of those teams, Borough in seventh, so they're sort of there or thereabouts, but then Fulham are 17th, Sunderland, got their own problems, 22nd. Then of the teams who... Uh, sorry, it's, it's Hull who are 17th, so Borough are 7th, Hull are 17th, Sunderland are 22nd, then the teams in playoffs last season, Sheffield Wednesday are 14th, Fulham are 15th, and Reading are 20th. Coach, is this season the most open championship in recent memory? I think it's the most surprising. I think Wolves, we talked about Wolves in the very first podcast of the season, uh, and how they might be a bit jack on high, but Wolves have proved to be very good. So obviously they've taken they've taken the lead. Sheffield United, we would not we would not have... Uh, expect them to be up in the top two uh, and Cardiff I don't think we would have expected them to be as high as they are and you always get this with the, with the teams relegated often you will get one that runs away a bit but often they are slow starters Borough are still um, well sorry Borough weren't relegated last season but you know um, yeah, they're 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 up there. Borough were. Sorry, Borough were. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's, it's up, yo-yo club. Um, <laughs> so Borough, I think, are still are still lurking. Obviously, Villa only two years ago were relegated, and they're lurking as well. So I would expect Borough and Villa to make a move. But it definitely has been open, and we've seen quite. You know, Ipswich, for example, started like a like a runaway train, and uh, and they've just got stuck in the uh, I mean, single we, failure. We yeah. <laughs> we touted uh, <laughs> we touted Borough as uh, as potentially running away of the league didn't we and, and they still could do it's, it's still, still early it's still days time. it's still a third in I remember a few podcasts ago Kutch made the statistic of how many goals Ipswich had scored from the amount of shots on target I think it was 9 <laughs> goals and 11 shots on target and that is now coming back because they're now not scoring those goals um, I actually had the pleasure I guess of going to Loftus Road last night uh, for free thanks very much a well known TV broadcaster um, and I saw QPR play Sheffield United and Sheffield United worked hard they huffed and puffed they got the ball wide nicely um, they weren't very very effective and QPR were fairly comfortable in holding them out 1-0 um, however they do also remind me of a Southampton team from what 2008-2009 which had a lot of trouble in League 1 getting out of there they got out of there got promoted straight away um, 
So it wouldn't surprise me to see maybe them or maybe even a, a Bristol City. I know they've been in the league f- for a few years. Uh, a surprise package being up there. Not even that many household names there, is there? Like, how, how's Leon Clark a good striker again? Where's that yeah, from? I, I mean, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it definitely is open, Chris. I think it is one of the more open ones, but I think it's open because there's. I think there's actually a lot of good teams in that league, and I think a lot of people are beating each other. I mean, the fact that you know Villa and Borough started very slowly. I fully expect Villa and Borough to be in that top six. Uh, it's going to make it very difficult for us to get in that top six, but uh, from what we've seen the last few weeks, I think we can definitely hold our own. Yeah. We mentioned Reading there, who Derby face on Saturday at home. Uh, they've had a wobbly start, haven't they, Kirch? I mean, obviously, the table has still got a bit of evening out to do, but Reading are currently 20th on how many points have they got? Uh, f- ooh, I'm not sure, actually. Uh, but not very many. Tonight, maybe 20 or something? Yeah, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Very anyway, nice. the 20th, they've had a bad start. And this was a team that was one penalty away from the Premier League last season. Are they, how do you sort of assess what the they'll squad... offer? Are they in a false position? I don't think they are. Considering the circumstances, I don't think they are in a false position. Um, they haven't got a much different squad from, from last year. Uh, the biggest difference, they've still got Kermogant in their squad but he's only played two games this season for injury. Last season, he scored 19 goals for them. And you know, Reading, as I think most people know under Yapstam, they're a big possession team, You know, almost to the, the frustration of their own fans. They keep hold of the ball a long, long time, and they just try and wear teams down. Well, Derby beat them 3-2 last season by basically, because they play out from the back, don't they? Yeah. And yeah. Derby pressed them into uh, conceding two goals, or at least one, I think. Yeah. And they do seem to be... They do seem to be uh, changing a bit this season, they seem to be pressing more themselves. Uh, that, that the way that they went, the way they beat Forest last night, from what I've read and seen, is they really started very fast, put a lot of pressure on the Forest back back four, uh, pressing them, and, and they got goals that way. Um, Kermagant has just come back, so he came on in the 60th minute against Forest on Tuesday night and got you know another half an hour under his belt. I'm not sure if he'll be ready to start against us, but he ba- he should change it for them because. He's, as I said, they scored, he scored 19 goals for them last season. They, when he's been injured, they basically haven't got a striker in the whole squad. They've got, it's like under, it's like the Phil Brown days of Derby County. There was one striker, Pesky Sledo, and that was it. <laughs> um, and that's the situation they seem to be in right now at uh, at Reading. And and they've only scored 14 goals in 14 games, but they've only conceded 17 in in 14 games. So they will. I'm not expecting it to be a high scoring game. They are dour, aren't they? It is. They are a boring team, and we're both going out to watch it. So I can't wait. <laughs> I'm just wondering whether Reading know that Nick Blackman is available in January, <laughs> and he will cost three and a half million pounds. <laughs> yeah. Um, no? <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't think they are in a false position because my friends who are Reading fans, uh, I'm from the that area, uh, and they are they they are hating it. They say it's terrible football. It's boring. They're not creating chances. They had a terrible summer transfer window, basically. They didn't strengthen the squad in the places they needed to. And, you know, I know that this league is always tough, but if you have a good season, you can't just hope it's the same squad will work again because you might have some injuries this time. You have to evolve, don't you? You have yeah. to start afresh almost. You can't... And God knows, you know, we know more than anyone. You have to... <laughs> yeah. You have to, you have to start from scratch almost. You can't just expect the same team to... Uh, you know, to do the business the following season. So they they basically just to give some uh, some intel on their form, uh, their win. They've had four wins in the league this season. Uh, Forest and Villa were both. Um, sorry, Villa was in August, uh, and uh, and Birmingham away was in August, and they beat obviously Forest uh, away on um, oh, no at home. Forest sorry, at home Forest at home on Tuesday, and they beat Leeds away earlier this month as well. Or earlier in October, sorry. We'll see what happens. Could be a fifth win in a row. That'd be good, wouldn't it, Tom? 
it'd be I can't remember the last time we won so many games. Um, I've been really like been really pleased with the way we've been performing. Um, it's been really nice to see. So I think if we win five in a row, um, it really sends out that message. I think we've we've come a little bit from nowhere, as you said at the beginning of the of the podcast tonight. Seventeenth before the Forest game, we're now fifth game in hand. Uh, I think we're six points off the leaders and. We haven't started playing well yet. Yeah. So what happens if that does happen, or are we just saying we're not playing well because it's not pretty to watch, like it was under McLaren? I don't know. Um, I still think there's more to come. I'm happy with this, you know, Dower sort of resilient one nil, two one Derby County. Yeah, yeah I mean they're not they're not bad performances. They're not they're not boring performances. They're just they're just professional performances. And you know the goals of some of the goals have been really good. Hmm. Um, I think we shouldn't be too greedy. We've won four in a row against four. You know what should be tough teams. However, if we're serious about getting promoted, you have to back it up by beating Reading at home. You can't. You know, it would be a real. It will be a real disappointment if we drop points against Reading on. Saturday. So you don't think a draw would be satisfactory on Saturday? Well, I think if you if you look at it as a group of five games, the like, thirteen point output is yeah. good. Uh, but once you've won the four hard ones, you've got to take the gimme at home. Let's talk about the bet we had in the previous podcast yeah, because we said because I'm enjoying some beers right now <laughs> we, we guessed how many points Derby would get from Sheffield Wednesday Norwich Leeds and Reading yeah Tom you said six points Kutch you said seven points I said eight points we've still got we'll play three of those games game in hand and we've already got <laughs> and we've already got nine points yeah so I've won unlucky lads yeah. Um, so Tom's got the beers in for this podcast as the loser. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I knew we'd all get this wrong, but I didn't think we'd all underestimate Derby County. It was <laughs> I don't think anyone, none of, well, obviously none of us guessed we'd get nine points in three games. I think it was partly from the fact of what we'd actually seen at Brentford and how we sort of defended well and we didn't really look too much like scoring. Um, and then you're going away to teams which are arguably better than Brentford uh, in Norwich and Leeds and we've actually come away with even better results there and it's that's been the surprise but it's been, a, been an excellent surprise now then let's move on to who am I um, I've got some bad news I've lost those quiz sounds that I had last time <laughs> oh no oh shame <laughs> you can edit them in surely yeah I probably can actually can't I um, <laughs> you've also got a life though. <clears throat> yeah and, and like a job and a you know relationship and stuff um, so last time <laughs> last time Kutch successfully identified Lee Croft Croft eight, you off can't. of bungalow. The truth. Bungalow. <laughs> yeah, got the got the bungalow in the nick of time uh, to take to peg back Tom to a five two lead for the season. Only five two. I thought it was five three. Definitely five two. Oh, <laughs> don't try and give yourself points now, Kyle. And that sort of sass won't uh, won't hold well with the <laughs> official adjudicator. <laughs> Who's that? Um, it's me. <laughs> so this is who ram I number eight before the uh, before the break I gave you. This, I made 55 Derby County appearances between 2000 and 2004. Tom. Richard. Oh, I don't know who he's that was. He's got a shorter name, you see. He's got a, I said, say cut. Because <laughs> he's got a shorter That's name. That's your fault. That was Tom Just. Oh, sorry. If this is right, then I do apologise. But I don't think it is. Um, Adam Murray. That's what I was going to guess. That's what I was going to guess. <laughs> Incorrect. Ooh. Richard. Adam Boulder. <laughs> That's my second guess. Incorrect. <laughs> oh, no. 55 appearances. 55, 55 appearances. Yeah, quite a lot then, isn't it? Clue number two. I scored one goal. Richard. Yep. Martin Robinson. Incorrect. No, no, he, oh, no he, he, didn't he, didn't, he didn't play 55 games. I don't think he scored a goal either. Uh, uh, Tom. Chris Riggett. Incorrect. No, he scored more than one goal. He's got about three or four goals. Yeah. Incorrect, but you're getting closer. Um, clue number three. Let's see. My... 
other clubs in my career included Aberdeen, Fleetwood Town, and Preston North End. Richard. Yeah. Yarmouth Wene. Correct. Yes! Ah! Get him! Get him! He broke my heart and he went to Preston. Yeah. He was player of the year once, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, once. Yeah. Then he yeah. got... Did he get injured? Yes, 5-3. Yeah. Get it, the that's catch. A, that's, a, that's a great shout. Yama Wene. Thanks for oh. shouting again and uh, <laughs> ruining everyone's levels. <laughs> <laughs> I love the celebration catch. Can we video that later? <laughs> Sorry, everyone, for the uh, for the outburst there. Um, it's, it's, I, won that, I, I won that. Was a good, that was a good contest. I won it fair and square. Yeah. It wasn't awkward. It well, yeah, good. Interestingly, like we had some guesses. Adam, Bo- Adam Murray, Adam Boulder, and Yuma Wenny. I was a like, and funnily enough, we're going to come onto it in a second. But our, our future guest talked about some of those players. What were you thinking, Tom? Were you thinking along the same lines there? Yeah, or? I was Yuma Wenny was the my next guest and got yeah. in there. Like. <laughs> He's chomping at the bit. To wrap it up, this episode, we want to tell you about another ex Derby County player interview that we've done just before this episode. Actually, we're keen to you know get in contact with these older players because a lot of them have got great stories to tell you know Daryl Powell's your football agent now all these other players they don't all stay in football they always you know they go on to interesting careers you know they've got all these anecdotes about there's a, there's a particularly choice anecdote from this interview that you just did actually there's you know they've all got stories to tell they're all beloved at a certain time and we just want to catch up with them so earlier on today we spoke to this chap forward towards Ravanelli drops for Christie the crow Ravanelli's onside, Christie's there! Derby breakthrough in the eighth minute, Malcolm Christie! So yeah, it's Malcolm Christie coming up on the international break. What a, what a player he was for a period, Kutch. He was one of my absolute heroes, and I think um, there's only two players when I was a kid that I ever copied. Two Derby County players I copied their celebration. One was... Paolo Wancho. Uh, no, one was uh, <laughs> Francesco Baiano with the old corner flag lean. He used to run yeah. over the corner flag and lean on the corner flag. Yeah. And the other one was Malcolm Christie in his famous celebration against uh, Manchester United when he's counting on, it, on his hand after thinking if he scored a goal or not. He's got a genuinely fascinating story because, as you'll find out, he... Scored 30 goals for Derby, then moved to Middlesbrough, having joined Derby from Nuneaton Borough, where he was literally stacking, stacking shelves. shelves at a supermarket. Uh, had a great spell for Derby, scored that run against Man United, left for Borough, had his horrendous share of injury problems and retired at 29. Tom, yeah. it's no age for a footballer to hang up their boots, is it? it yeah, it was a really sort of um, honest and open story that he gave us. And I think, yeah, it's, it's so young. And it sort of gives you the dark side of football as well in terms of you only have a career for what 15 to 20 years max and well, his was nine years yeah really? Matt Christie didn't have that at all so yeah and what a player he was as well he, he scored some really important goals for us he did he did now uh, any other business coach before we so, uh, call yeah, it a day so Leeds Leeds United had a midfielder yesterday called uh, well when his parents when his parents gave birth to him did they just think we should give him we should name him after two very, really good footballers because his name was Ronaldo Vieira. <laughs> he, he, and he didn't play like Ronaldo or Vieira. Uh, but yeah, he caught my eye. Yeah, he, he was excellent in the game that they won 1-0, which should have been about 5-0 last year. I thought Vieira was, was quality. And he what, Ronaldo him. or Vieira? Uh, both, actually. Both, both, both were good players. I mean, Leeds are lucky to have him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Cut. <laughs> yeah, he's a good player. I don't know how to go with that. You, you said he weren't going to tell me what that was, and uh, now I can see why. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. The other thing as well is um, the Sunderland jobs up 
And we've yeah. got a, a, a famous Macam in there. Well, Nigel Max. Clough's uh, best mate, Simon Grayson, has been sacked. Poor old Simon Grayson sacked 16 minutes after their three-all, was it three-all? Home draw yeah. Bolton. That's a pretty poor result. Isn't well, we found out that? 16 minutes after, so it's probably 14 minutes. Yeah. Shola Amiobi <laughs> scored, so yeah. you're saying something. Which... Shola Amiobi's still playing football. Why are you Shola? Wow. Um, so who's going to get the job then? Well, obviously one of one of their own is now in game for employment at Derby County, Sir Kevin and Phillips. Oh yeah. He is five to one with a popular bookmaker. That well known managerial stalwart, Kevin mm-hmm. Phillips. Who's probably the longest serving member of the current Derby County coaching <laughs> team. Yeah. yeah, probably. <laughs> well Chris Chris Powell went and Kevin Phillips carried on. Didn't go, did he? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm never quite sure why that was. But Gary Wout went, I'll have a bit of him. Yeah. Well, Phillips is obviously a Good finisher in his day, so he's coaching the, the Derby Ford. Line I mean, five to one. Lost. That means he's he's in the serious reckoning. Who's above who's above him, Chris? And so the odds-on favourite, according to the same bookmaker, is uh, Ita Karanka, two to one. Then <laughs> you got Peter Reed. <laughs> That's not serious. Is this from nineteen ninety-seven. You're taking the nick. <laughs> it's a nineteen ninety-seven Sky Bet. I just can't. Um, I just can't say his name with a straight face, to be honest. Um, Kevin Phillips, five to one. Nigel Pearson, six to one. Obviously, yeah. yeah. The return. Um, out of exile. Kevin, then Kevin Ball, seven to one. John O'Shea, eight to one. Imagine is he still this play- is he player there? Is he still playing there? I think so. Yeah. What's yeah. he doing? The next thing you'd have is like Wes Brown and Roy Keane managing them. It'd be ridiculous. Though. Or uh, Peter the Taylor, maybe. Or yeah. uh, Roy Dave- Keane is twelve to one. <laughs> well, if Peter Reid's there, maybe Dave Bassett might be in with a shot. <laughs> or <And> Mike Bassett. <laughs> finally, <laughs> obviously, Sam Allardyce at uh, twelve. Of course he is. As well, and uh, Alan Kerbishley is no, he's not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Phillips. I mean, I, I don't know how well. I mean, Phillips is on. He's Billy always Davis. sat next to the, the boys on the bench at, at Derby with Gary. So you know, maybe he's still valued at Derby. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm sure he wouldn't say no if they came calling for him. Yeah, I don't think so. But um, too much Billy Davis. So it's about time a championship club came tromping at the bit for him with his managerial experience. <laughs> Did you notice that he put himself forward for the Rangers job and, and a Scotland and, job probably? And Rangers said, "No, you're right, thanks." Yeah. <laughs> right, buddy. I've yeah. got no idea why. <laughs> Imagine. Um, we're going to call it a uh, call it a night there for now, shall we? Yep. Five in a row. God, that'd be good, wouldn't it? On to Reading, then uh, the international break. Then Fulham after that, and then Middlesbrough. So we'll release the full interview of Malcolm Christie on the 10th, I think it is, of November, Friday the 10th of November. So keep an eye out in the usual places for that. Speaking of which, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, I've had a good bit of support on Facebook, actually. I need to put a bit of a shout out to a couple of pages who have sort of given us a bit of a bit of a leg up and, you know, have sort of let us post on their pages to thousands of Derby fans. So... Thanks a lot to the Facebook page, Born a Ram, Live a Ram, and Die as a Ram. It's a bit of a long one, but they've given us a hand, and also the Rams News Facebook page. Give both those ones a like. We appreciate their support. Follow us on SoundCloud, subscribe on iTunes, and thanks for listening. Richard, thank you. Thank you. Tom, thank you. All the best. <laughs>